part of it is just this frustration with a lot of rugby coverage that um, almost all of it, again, certainly in the UK, is aimed at like middle-aged men who drive Land Rovers. Um, it's aimed at like the same demographic, the same market, and I wanted to do something that felt more you know, like it was aimed at something that I would want to watch rather than having to watch because I want to watch the game. I think the minute I stepped on a practice field for rugby, the calling happened. Uh, an eight-year plan to be on the team, and I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro, right? Like, I like doing something, look, stopping and learning from it. Like, it just looked like it was a heavy hit. It gets up, it's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professionally. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And those two Scottish guys, and they said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. Rugby is a sport where that's often coupled with actually having a good time. He looked at me and he says, you guys are awesome. Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Timey Bailu, and this is the show where we talk to people about the opportunities that they have found, created, or taken advantage of via rugby. Also, please, guys, if you guys enjoy this, please hit that subscribe button, throw in a little bit of the notification, and for my ego's sake, because I'm so much in need of just some good tries, can you hit that like button and uh, just tell your friend a little bit about this? Guys, we have an amazing guest for you today. This this one is one of the most popular ones, I think, within the rugby community that we've had. And we've had some great ones. I mean, we've had some amazing guests. So this goes right on par with everybody else. You guys might know him best by his unique videos that analyze rugby down to a point. It's, it's an amazing breakdown. You get to be able to see it. It's very shareable, very humorous, very hilarious. You know, I got the chance to talk to my guy, Robbie Owens, a.k.a. Squidge Rugby. You guys don't know him, this guy, he has gotten millions of views on YouTube, thousands of followers on Instagram and Twitter and uh, 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 YouTube again. Like, he has become a penchant within the rugby community, both as an analyst and solely as a voice of the community and a really good guy. This legitimately was a great conversation. We had a great time being able to talk and especially for someone who's done, you know, basically the same interview over and over again. I think we were able to just get to enjoy this even more. It was it was just chill, but we got to get the big questions. We got those nice questions because every time when you do these things, people want to know, like, what what's what's that next step? So. I, you guys, I this one was definitely well worth it. Um, if you guys are watching, I know it was late last week. Actually, by late, but it didn't even happen. I thought we were going to be able to get it out. But if you're watching the video, you're going to see that I am clearly not at home right now. And uh, tis the issue sometimes. Sometimes uh, you just don't get the chance to do what you want to do. And uh, But I, I've been in Mexico, still am in Mexico for right now. And uh, you know, But I want to make sure to get it in at least this week because I care. I care. It's about you guys, you know, doing wedding stuff out here. Yeah, I wish it was rugby stuff as well, too. But I enjoy the wedding stuff because it allows some, for some good time and good family time. So, but I'm not going to hold you guys up too much longer. Yo, please again, yo, I thank you guys for your patience. Thank you guys for working with me. But more importantly, yo, I hope you guys enjoy this. Robbie Owens, Squidge Rugby, the legend, the GOAT. 
check it out. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. I got another V, an incredibly V, a super I, and the people of the P's, Robbie Owens. Squidge Rugby. I know there's other stuff I can say, but we're going to have the intro, but I just wanted to bring it in right now. <laughs> Robbie, man, thank you so much for coming through, brother. Thank you. No, I thought, when you started getting incredible, I thought someone else was on as well. I thought there must be someone else lined up as well. <laughs> I hope I can live up to that introduction. You know, look, there was actually the guy, Robbie, right behind you. I, I didn't know. I was just trying to get it out to him. My bad, dude. Look, 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 yeah, yeah. It's like, the guy's still behind me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, good, no, he, he's, he did. Yeah, it turns out he's won three World Cup. So it's, yeah, it's like. I, it makes sense. See, see it, was, behind, it, was, yeah. it was, it was, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but no, man, look, I no, appreciate you, you coming. Me, yeah. No, no, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Like, you know, it's one of those things where uh, I, I love being, I always tell people where I, you know, you see him first or how you met him. But, you know, I, I actually ran into, was it, I, no, my friend actually told me about your stuff before we went for the Rugby World Cup. So this was about early 2019, give or take. Yeah. Early 2019, okay. late 2018. And um, so uh, he was like, Yo, you need to look at this guy, Squid Rugby, man. He's, he's a breakdown. This is like my sense of humor. And I was like, all right, let's see what we got here. And then I'm like, yo, this feels like something out of Cartoon Network. Like, this this feels like from <laughs> Tsunami or something like that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, the sound effects. I was like, I, I like this. I like this because I'll say, like, there's typically always, like, a, a, a UK sense of humor. And it was it was that. And then it was just like a perfect mixture of goofy and educational, which I I, I look. I gotta give you credit, man. Like this is a hard one to do with rugby, and yo, you kill it. You absolutely kill it, bro. Oh, thank you. Oh, cheers. No, I appreciate that. I, I will absolutely take tsunami. I will absolutely take Kalinami. That is, I didn't realize it now, but that's what I've been aiming for. That's what I've been trying to achieve. It's like if if Toonami in 2003 covered rugby, what I'm going for. I'm telling you, look, it, it sicked into the soul. Like, it's like we, we had to bring it back somehow. They might have thrown it away in Cartoon Network, but we were going to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. They, they moved on. You know, that's what I want to be like the Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends or what else was on in that era? It's Shaolin Showdown. I loved it. Yes! <laughs> oh, that was so good. That was such a good show. Oh, dude, look. That was one of my favorite shows. Between that, it was used to be Jelly yeah, yeah. Showdown and Jackie Chan Adventures that happened like yes. at the same time. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I Again, I was thinking about that the other day. Why was there a show where Jackie Chan was an archaeologist for kids? Dude. <laughs> I, I, I never got I don't know what it was. Kid. I didn't question it. It's like, no, it was, look, what, it was uh, a show that I never I expected. Wait, say that no. again? No, just I, I'll tell you what it was. It was incredible. That's what it was. Facts. It was so good. Facts. Look, <laughs> it was one of those shows that you didn't know you wanted, and then when you watch yeah. it, you're like, "Yo, this is low key good." Because there was a time <laughs> whenever like everybody was getting an animated show, and you were just like, "All right, yeah. it's like whatever, cool." And then you saw—I I remember this specifically. I, I remember seeing the Jackie Chan Adventures, and I was like, "Okay, another celebrity gets a cartoon show, whatever." But I sat and watched it. I'm like. All right, 
Jesus, let's go! Let's go! All right, Jane, let's go get him! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shendu, no, Shendu was the dragon. Yep. Somebody was the big guy. Uh, yeah. He was. Um, he was. Died. No, 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 I was trying to remember details of the Jackie Chan adventures. Yeah, yeah I think Shao Zin was the main villain, and he was he was like inside yeah. the statue initially, and then he turned into like he went inside yeah, yeah. the other guy. Right. When he got the like the <laughs> this is what people tune in for is people trying to remember the Jackie Chan adventures. <laughs> the when he got the the talismans, didn't he? And they were all the different Chinese zodiac figures. Exactly. And they have to, and then they all turned them into yeah, and then he came like a guy in a green suit. Exactly. Exactly. What a show. Dude. I said it's on YouTube or something. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. No, it a hundred percent. Hundred percent. I yeah. think there was a moment they were talking about bringing it back for a little bit and then they really? kind of just threw it off. Yeah. It was I was a little um, sad. It would it was a good it was a good to, era. Yeah. Okay. They had those, yeah, Jackie questions, and they'd always ask yes. him, you know, some, like, can you do a backflip? And he'd go, yes. <laughs> that would be the question. Exactly. Oh, man. Good times. Good times. Good, great times. Great times. <laughs> Simpler and great times. Ooh. Man, oh, all right. Well, we already know we're gonna be we're gonna be friends, brother. We're we're gonna be friends. I, I just I'm letting you know I'm this. I'm here. <laughs> My pleasure. It's a delight. So, all right. So, I always do this with every superhero. There's an origin story. I know you've told your story a bunch, but you know what? This is the first time you've been on here, so uh, we're gonna pretend like every other interview you've ever done does not exist at this point, and we're gonna start at the beginning. So, <laughs> so, uh. uh Tell me, Robbie, how'd you get started with rugby? So my my superhero origin story, yeah, when I yeah, is when I, I went to the opera with my parents and they got shot in the alley outside. Um, <laughs> by, and I'd always been terrified of rugby balls, uh, but I really really decided to embrace it in order to get over that. So I now dress up at night as a massive rugby ball. Rugby man shall rise. Everyone in the back alleys looks at me and goes, that's so stupid. They give up on whatever crime they were doing. And just leave it. Just let it go. It's not worth it. Um, no, yeah, that, the, the, boring, that's, the boring answer is just, you know, like, I, my parents are Welsh. And so rugby forced on me from an early age. Um, so yeah, it was then watching those two Grand Slams, Wales won in the early noughties of, like, 2005 was the one where I kind of went, okay, you know, I sat down and watched my dad, and then I'd watch the odd game. And then 2008, I kind of got really into it, and it became something I was really, really invested and excited by. Um, and I just started more and more into it to the point in which, like, by by the following year, I was tuning into watching, like, Georgia against Samoa on my own. Like, I'd, right. I'd grown so quickly in... Um, from it just being something that I watched with my dad to something that I was obsessed, genuinely obsessed with and consuming everything I could, reading everything I could and watching every game I could, watching the highlights and, you know, because there's like hundreds of years of history of it, trying to learn all of that that I could and so on. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, like by, by the time like the 2011 World Cup rolled around, I knew all the players in the Romanian squad inside out, which was 
I now look back and I go, like, yeah. that was insane. That's, that's, that's wild. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the Romanian players didn't even know the, all the Romanian players. I've been trying to get his name for ages. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we played 50 games together. It's too embarrassing to ask at this point. Like, you start... <laughs> After one or two games together, you can maybe maybe hope they bring it up, but at some point you just can't. Have. You're done. Yeah, at that no. point it's, it's just like, hey man, hey, hey, you, you you know you know me pronoun pronoun. That's all I got. Pronoun. It's like you said. Any any chance you could just it's like it's like add me on Facebook or something. I've only got you on Facebook. No, 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 we had each other three months ago. Like, oh no, that right. So that narrows you down to one of eight names. So I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know, and see, that's why you set yourself up. You're just like, look, man, I got to be the bridge for these people. Okay, we're bringing it all together. Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely. yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going no, for. So, it's interesting of the factor of one just doing that level of research because I find like the history mm. of rugby to be very uniquely interesting, very uniquely complex. Mm. So, yeah. All right. So, first, two things. One thing. First, being Welsh. So. Prior to this Rugby World Cup, when I actually got to know Welsh culture a little bit, I had always, and don't be offended by this, I always assumed Welsh was just kind of very posh English for a long time. Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The only Welsh person I knew, the Welshish people that I knew was one uh, one of my friends from college who had was just so proper, so cool, very, 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 very like, revolutionary but so cool um yeah she was welsh but it was in my african studies class and like was super oh, okay. dedicated like like it was pushing so i was like i knew her and i was like okay cool and then the only the other welsh person i knew intentionally was my friend from australia who's of welsh descent but was born in australia right, right. but also has a very posh accent so i was always like okay if it sounds like super nice and on point I was like, okay, that's Wales. And then whenever it starts to sound a little bit more uh, gritty, I was like, okay, now we're just going to the English UK. We got different variation, just like you know, Australia, New Zealand. I was like, there's a, some slight differences. And then went to Japan and um, we we were filming and we talked to a, a, a family who had the Welsh flag and uh, as a full costume. And I was like, wait, uh, so he was just like, hey, you know, we're talking. And I was like, what's the flower? He's like, well, because I'm Welsh. And then his family was like, hey, we got a song. And then they started singing in Welsh. And I was like, time out. Hold up. You guys have a language? <laughs> so like, I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You're not just posh English? Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm learning too much right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm amazed, like, as an American, you'd heard of Wales. Like, <laughs> We've contributed I mean, what it's like. It's literally like it's Tom Jones, my machine, and that's about it. That's that's like the close we got to the breaking culture. You know what it is? You know what it is? I've learned that a lot of the medieval culture that we just assumed to be English UK is like a lot of low key Welsh stuff inside yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's always been ingrained, but you know because we're the US, you know we're just like nah, everybody's the same. All right, it's it's yeah. it's all an island. You know, unless we got Mel Gibson capping for one, or we got Conor McGregor, it's just all one giant English. All right. Yeah, English yeah, exactly. 
it was slightly south. So like when you like after I learned looked at it and I'm like looking back, I'm like, mm. yo, like the story of like Prince George and the dragon, that's a Welsh story. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, there's so much of it that's just sort of all over the place and hodgepodge. Um I say because the Welsh and like the, the thing with rugby as well is like so interesting in um in the way that he fell into that as well. That traditionally, I don't know, you know, how much you know about it as a as an area. I don't mean to, to teach me, my brother. The, teach me. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'd love to do. Uh, um, so there's like traditionally um, in England, rugby was spread amongst you know like posh schools, uh, and it's very much like football is the you know, soccer. Sorry, um, is the <laughs> you know like the working class game, and right. then the you know the, the posher rugby and cricket are kind of the, the posher games. Exactly. Generally, and that's changing a bit. Whereas in Wales, it was the other way around. Um, and so in the posh schools, it would be traditionally soccer. football, but soccer, soccer, sorry. Yeah, 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 we'll be playing. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll uh, just say association the, football. We'll, we'll make it association football. football. Thank you. <laughs> the, the thing Ted Lasso coaches now, that's what I'm going to add. Um, so. Um, yeah, and then uh, rugby was kind of the game played in state schools, you know, like state funded schools. Um, in, and so that's why we're with us as a culture class, you know. And so my mum was born in England, um, but my dad very quickly were over on as, you know, like, being, you know, working class backgrounds to, like, you know, grandparents on both sides work down the mines type thing. Um, to being like, no, actually, so my dad told it to my mum as a class war. Um, right, as well as the England. Uh, so there's always been an element of that in um, in those games, which I always find really interesting at that point. And you look at like the 2015 World Cup. I think all three of the Welsh squad went to state schools, um, and then all but three of the English squad went to you know to fee-paying schools, to, to private right. schools, to what we call public schools. Um, but those are you know schools we pay money for. So it's always been kind of deeply ingrained in this culture. Gotcha. Um, Something rugby's almost like a way to stick it to the man in a way, uh, and because it's the one thing Wales are good at, you know, it's like there's the one there's singing, and there's and I, I can't sing as well, I'm letting the whole side down there. Um, there's basically Robbie, singing are you sure you're Welsh? You can't sing? Are, you, are you sure? All right, I, I, I know, it's uh, <laughs> to the point of shame. <laughs> it's like my family has to hide me in a corner at all times, <laughs> they're like, no, no. Don't look over there. <laughs> I'm sure there's something he's good at, but it's not. So don't let him open his mouth. Don't let him anywhere near the male voice choirs. It's just, it's just, we love him just from a distance, all right? Just, just keep him yeah, in the house yeah. for a while. It's okay. It's okay. That's exactly <laughs> it. Like, just, it's all of our twists all of a sudden. <laughs> Too many stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you stay in Britain for more than 20 minutes, you will accidentally end up in a Dickens novel. Like it just, it happens. It happens. It's not always Oliver Twist, but it's always Dickens. <laughs> Basically, so you're saying Charles Dickens was onto something and it was just trying to lead us slow and steady into. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's exactly what happens. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment to talk to you about the Rugby Outlet Mall. Now, I know you guys have heard me talk about this many times in the show before, typically in the intro, but I wanted to really make sure to get your focus on it because the Rugby Outlet Mall is not just the commerce hub for Gift Time Rugby, but it is an area where we want to be able to create the movement and the symbolic elements that add to the movement. 
The Rugby Outlet Mall is here so that we can have something that not just to have for the field, but more importantly to be able to have as a regular lifestyle. Because as you know, rugby is not just a sport. It's a whole way of life. It is a movement. And we have everything moving from cultural to your pop culture items like our Rugby Zon shirts or and sweats, uh, sweaters as well as representing for the culture as we continue to develop the HBCU Rugby Classic. And we want to continue to support these things because it only grows the sport overall. We are continually growing to be able to make sure that we are connecting with you on a personal level as well as a rugby love. And for you guys that are listening to the podcast and listening to this show, want to let you know that you are going to get 20% off all gear that is under the category of Gift Time Rugby Network and the HBCU Rugby Classic. That is basically the entire store. And all you need to use is promo code GROWRUGBY, G-R-E-A-U-X Rugby. And with that, you guys will get 20% off any clothing that is in the store as of right now. And of course, we're always building up more and more each time. But we want to make sure that you are able to symbolize your rugby faithfulness to the rest of the world and let them know that there is an opportunity to be able to develop, to grow, and to get better each and every time in this sport. So guys, I hope you guys check it out. Definitely go, and you guys can go to www.rugbyoutletmall.com. That is rugbyoutletmall.com. Guys, you're not going to want to miss one bit of this. Now, let's get back to it. Uh, (laughs) No, but that's awesome. Yo, no, but that's awesome. I didn't realize it was so set up uh, in in such an opposing way. So It does make sense. So rugby really is... Will you argue the sport of Wales? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's the amazing thing of having spent a lot of time living outside of Wales. You know, most, mm-hmm. more my, I've lived in England more of my life than I have in Wales. Um, right. And whenever I go back, I'm then amazed, you know, having lived in parts of England where it's very much a, a, a soccer culture. Uh, right. To then be like, oh, there's just like a massive photo of Jamie Roberts on the wall. There's, you know, <laughs> you walk around and you see rugby balls and you see stuff and, you know, if you ever if you ever get the chance to go to Cardiff, it's such a kind of rugby mecca. Um, and the incredible thing about the Millennium Stadium as well is like it is in the middle of town. Like every other sports stadium you go anywhere else in the world is always on the outskirts at best, you know, right. or you're having to get like drive away to it. Like the Millennium or the Principality that's now in Cardiff, you know, massive eighty thousand seats right in the middle of town. It's incredible match day. Nothing quite like it. So yeah, it's, it feels so so cultural to Wales. I think. Uh, yeah, so it's like you know, as you as for me, as I see in American sports movies, you know, like this is a town where everyone goes to watch high school football. Um, right. It's sort of that kind of like rugby is properly ingrained in, in Wales, especially internationally. Yo, okay, I got you. I got you. That's legit. That's legit because <clears throat> I've always found it interesting. When it comes to how rugby ends up getting displayed uh, across the world, it, it, it's it's one part, and I love that you're a historian because I feel like I can like deep dive this properly. I'm gonna call you a historian of rugby. All right, just there's no this is, you're no longer Robbie Owens Squid Rugby. You're now Robbie <laughs> Owens 
Rob, rugby historian. All right, we we just erased yeah. this whole YouTube thing. I don't know why. Yeah, just, yeah, forget it, forget it. Erase, erase the YouTube thing. Erase the not singing thing. As long as they go together. As long as I'm getting rid of all of it. We're starting to fresh. <laughs> Completely from the top. <laughs> so, like, I find this is the thing that I've always found very interesting, and I want to get your opinion on this. When it comes to rugby, there's always been this range of we have our niche, this niche sport, and obviously we know obviously the separation, the elitism, rugby league split, yeah, blah blah yeah. blah. blah. But the issue has always been like rugby has this weird difficulty of being a number one sport in like more than let's say two countries. I used to say three, but I, I feel like it might be two, maybe one and a half. You know, I might give Samoa a little bit, Samoa and Tonga. Uh, so maybe like four, four countries, but South Pacific, and then like now I'm giving you to Wales. All right, I'm, I'm letting Wales have the number one spot. Now I understand. <laughs> so for you. Based off of how you've been able to read and see rugby as it's kind of de mm. developed as historically, what do you think has been one of the biggest issues that rugby has had in terms of moving itself, even in main countries that play it, into that like yeah. number one, two, three spot? Because I find it to be a lot of four, five, six type primarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, I think it's a really interesting and a big question as well. Uh, but rugby just has. So what we do here, Robbie? <laughs> Oh, it's a delight. That and that and Shaolin Showdown. That's what we do. Um, and Jackie Chan. Come on now. We got to combine sorry, it all together. I, can't Jackie Chan. <laughs> I think rugby has such a history of shooting itself in the foot. Um, you look at particularly in, in England, where there was a point in which it grew because it became spread through schools so much. Uh, in which it was very close to being the number one sport in the country. Uh, we're looking back so it was two, about 200 years ago. Um, and then, I mean, there's a few things that happen. Like, one is it gets so caught up in, in that idea of amateurism, as it was for a long time. Right. Until 1995, rugby was an amateur sport, so which is, yeah, yeah, nonsense. Um, but it became this thing of like, it was a, it was a moral value, you know, and if you, if you're playing for money, then you're not really honestly embracing the game properly and blah, 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 blah. Um, and so that, that was what happened with the split, you know, and that drove away clubs in the North, uh, North of England, and they split up and started their own sport where they could pay them. Uh, and a similar thing happened in the U S when it was first started to spread people went, well, it's dumb. You can't pay, pay anyone. No. So, you know, so the, you know, the newer codes with, what since become the NFL start to take off because the best athletes were money paying it, and it wasn't that different, especially back way back at the start. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so there's been a long tradition of amateurism as a huge problem, uh, and then this kind of like almost like like moral thing rugby gets caught up in, you know, of, and yep. there is a lot of truth and a lot of thing I, I you know I like about the you're not you're not about the referee. You don't you know you, that whole cliche about you go and you know you have a beer if you're opposite number after a game and so on and all of that does remain to a certain degree but i think there's been something of rugby at times has got caught up in that at the expense of actually growing and actually expanding and actually trying to hit new markets and trying to um yeah like, like grow to more people right. um and i also think there's this running thing particularly rugby in england don't i think the people that run the rfu in particular think Rugby is the biggest sport in the country, and I don't right. think they've noticed that it is amongst a small number. You know, that they've got a very solidly built niche, 
but they do don't. It's, sorry, go. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to say, do you think because no. they, they fill Twickenham Stadium from uh, every mm. once in a while, they're just like, okay, if we can fill that, clearly we're number one. Like, we're good. Yeah, exactly. And because it become basically, rugby in the UK in particular, is huge in the Six Nations and World Cups. And right. it becomes, you know, a proper topic conversation. Everyone talks about it and it becomes a, a big thing. But then outside of that, like, people don't know it exists. You know, like, I could... Most people, like most of my friends, wouldn't know there's a premiership. Uh, never mind, they wouldn't know. You know, they'd have heard of Leicester Tigers and London Wasps and so on. You know, odd teams, um, but it's not well known outside of the internationals. I think people assume that these players turn up, they pay, they play, you know, a handful of games for the country, and then they hang about for a year and then, until you know it's next time to turn out and play Italy. Um, and so it kind of disappears in between. And there's always been not that great, uh, other than cities like Gloucester and Leicester, where rugby is a huge deal. Um, there's always been that kind of, it disappears during the period in between. And I don't think a lot of people higher up really like to push it. They kind of assume, oh no, we've got, as I say, our safety, we can, we know we'll fill Twickenham 90% of the times we play there. We know the Premiership is sustainable, sustainable. You know, the your pocket where they will fill like, 20,000 seats a stadium every few weeks. Um, so it ends up just in this kind of trap in which you don't. It's not quite anywhere uh, for you know, ten of the year. So basically, it's just like, basically, it's just like. We're doing enough to feel like we're getting by, but there's not enough room to be able to actually like excel. But it looks just enough. It's satisfactory. It's it's almost like yeah, yeah. It's it's very um settled, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, that's exactly it. Like it's just this. Nothing's a problem. So why should we try and change anything? Um, right. And the people that then end up, the the people that end up in charge are always the same people that have come through the system and it's been fine to them so they assume it's going to be fine for everyone else you know right. and that i mean that that's a whole problem for the that's a wider society issue um but it, it very much is there in rugby as well i think no that makes sense because it, it was one of those things where okay so for me here in the states uh you know we, we obviously we have a very um for lack of a better word very celebrity focused kind of culture pop culture of course entertainment and whatnot but one thing i've always i kind of looked at was whenever rugby players especially international rugby players overseas and, and within uk and uh former uk colonies obviously sans us at this point but there's always this yeah. humility when it comes to stardom especially then it gets yeah, exasperated yeah. more with rugby so it becomes very difficult to know a player who stands out. I think, like, when we had the with the All Blacks, I think, especially this last few years, you know, it was easy with the Richie McCaw and, you get, you know, Manu Nonu and Dan Carter. And I would basically say, between these three people, I would say held it down as the faces of rugby for a long time. Like, don't get me wrong. We know the Brian Habanas as you get deeper in. Uh, you know, um, Ben Wilkerson's. I keep hearing about this honey badger guy, but I only know one honey badger that's in here yeah, in the yeah. States. So I'm just like, I don't know who you are, fake honey badger, even though you guys actually have real honey badgers there. But <laughs> you might be in Australia, but we got ours in Louisiana. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, you know, you, you get these, these the few of those names, 
but it seems so far and spread apart. So then whenever it gets into like the integrated moments of it, and you're talking about premiership, people will name off names or even worse, a player will be an international player and I have no clue. I'm like, when, what game did you even yeah. play? Like, what's happening? Like, where's my ease of convenience to be like, okay, yeah. you played, I recognize your face because even if you were a third string, you still, there's something, right? There's mm. something here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the. Um, I mean, yeah. sorry, yeah, just like rugby really has thrown up there's a handful of stars like Dan Carter, like Richie McCaw, who are almost too humble and almost boring to become massive stars. Um, mm-hmm. Like Dan Carter should have been, Dan Carter, handsome guy, you know, best player in the world right. for a long period, should have been an enormous mega international star. But he's right. kind of just a very humble, slightly boring man. And he's kind of just too good. And everyone kind of just went like, yeah, right. You know, you ask him a question, he goes like, yeah, you know, I try my best. And it's none of the, you, look, you know, like you're not getting a documentary like The Last Dance from Dan Carter, right? right? He's kind of, there's none of that drama. There's nothing, there's no personality to latch onto that really, in terms of like big international stars, and obviously it'd be different with the US, but like they have produced in the last 50 years, Joe Nalomu, right? It's kind of the, the standout, right. the big one, the, the you know, the, the boat, all of that. And then Johnny Wilkinson is like the only other one. He's the only other one who I felt was like a proper household name that certainly UK, like everyone knew who Johnny Wilkinson was and everyone knew what he was like and what kind of guy he was. Um, and you kind of like, obviously opportunities to create a star that don't come around very often. And like if I took, you know, if I took basically anyone in this club that I am in right now, the majority of them probably could name you at most two rugby players. You know, like a lot of them, probably none, even if they know bits about it. You know, they might have heard Wales won the Six Nations, but they couldn't tell you any place like this. Um, being in England right now, you know, in, in Wales, that'd be a different matter. Um, but I do, I think it's a really, like, good and relevant point that, that inability to produce a superstar, <laughs> partly because it's Kiwis and it's Brits who are, like, almost allergic to being celebrated. Um, has led to rugby struggling to break through because you can't get in the you know, there's no real back and it's changing a bit there's no real basketball scene in in the uk right but like everyone knows michael jordan everyone knows right. lebron james everyone you know right. magic john you want to name they're all household names that everyone knows like right. regardless of whether or not you know anything about you don't have to know the rules of basketball the laws whatever like, no. they're there yeah right they're just that you know not just who they are you know they're very good and you know what they're like as personalities. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, if we could have a Space Jam sequel with Richie McCall, <laughs> that would change things. That would but be, maybe not with Richie. There's an idea. Maybe not with Richie. I, no, I, no, no. I wasn't so impressed with his documentary. I, Who do you I was... Oh, yeah. It's better than the Dan Carter one, though, which is just, yeah. like, they really tried to string out the, that, that injury in 2011, because it's the only time anything didn't go right for him. <laughs> so the rest of the documentary is just like him going, yeah, and then I was really good at this, and I was really good at that, and then there's like, you got any of ones, hammering in that for ages because there's some drama there. Oh, yo, true story, true story. You know, well, look, with that in mind, was that part of the reason why you set up your channel the way that it did? Obviously, we talked about the humor and the education. And I know there was a space you wanted to fill, but 
Like, was that part of the, the what you were seeing whenever you were like, okay, I want to break these videos down like this? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely baked in there. The part of it is just this frustration with a lot of rugby coverage that um, almost all of it, again, certainly in the UK, is aimed at like middle-aged men who drive Land Rovers. Um, it's aimed at like the same demographic, the same market, and I wanted to do something that felt more you know, like it was aimed at something that I would want to watch rather than having to watch because I want to watch the game. Yeah. Um, so that was a huge part of it, and then also wanting to do something that had, as I said, like a personality to it, and it had some, you know, like something to, to say and do, and it wasn't just the same <laughs> generic stuff that you see. Right. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and I realised the tone of my last sentence, droning on, did not sound like that was the case. Um, but that was that was, as I said, very much baked in that I wanted it to be different and interesting and engaging, and the kind of thing that exists like. I didn't do that much research into it, but the moment I did look, there's so much stuff like that in, especially American sports, in NFL, in baseball, in basketball, yeah. whatever. Like that kind of thing exists, whereas there is none of that in rugby. Like it's just, it's the same, people are teasing the same audience over and over again. And that's not all rugby is, and it certainly isn't all rugby to be. No, I, I agree. It was one of the reasons even for me why I got into media. I, I remember even saying, because as, as I talk about it in terms of the UK, the same issues of rugby exist here in the States, yeah, yeah. obviously. So it is a very cultural problem within this, or cultural issue within the sport itself. Yeah. But it was one of those things where I was like, man, we, we can make this more entertaining. Like, I, we need to put, like, yeah. legitimate shine on people and actually make it seem like a real celebration because I get being humble and within the team sport of playing it on the field yes and within a cultural element in terms of trying to create cohesion not just amongst your teammates but across all teams makes perfect sense mm. but when it comes to your viewing audience like they need something like it can't be all good all the time or if it can't be all good you just need to yeah, dram yeah. Dram dramatize it a little bit you know yeah yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. So, I guess one one thing I always like I find interesting, and I, I, I ask you on this one. Well, of course, I'm gonna ask you on this one. This is why you're here. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> I, but, I thought I should talk about Jackie Chan adventures. <laughs> ah, you, you know, you you caught me. You know that I, I, that was really the whole <laughs> thing of this. I just disguised the rugby just to be able to be like, look. I need to get people to take, I need to know who I can go back to Cartoon Network, Tsunami, you know, early <laughs> <laughs> Early days of anime. Catch my age, all right? Help me. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh. Oh. But, okay. So let me ask this. So this is something that I experienced that as I became further into the media. So from the outside in, you always hear about media and you watched it, especially for you. I know you had yeah, to have been yeah. watching it, taking it all in. As you entered into the media space and became more and more known, there's two narratives that you get. You get the narrative that people always talk about the media. Everything feels like it's personal or, you know, the public perception of what is being presented. And then you start to work with them and you start to involve yourself with them. And now you're getting a different scope for you. Did you have that dichotomy occur? And uh, I guess essentially, like, what, what did you end up feeling 
as you've gotten more and more involved? Because you've dealt with it in a, in a deep way <laughs> in some cases. Hey, everybody. This is just the break train sitting out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Number one is because um, it's part of my business. I do Rugby Lovers Guide to Asia. Number two is I want to bring a lot of exposure to the to the rugby clubs and the rugby NGOs and charities. Also, on a personal level, I just want to break uh, the funk I've kind of felt I've been into for the last 10 years. So for the next 12 months, I poured myself into the Singapore to Tokyo campaign, but it still wasn't enough. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. Say hi to my people out there. Which makes up for my um, social shortcomings. This place is unbelievable. Oh, it's not just... It's like... What's he supposed to do? Morons, a bunch of morons. Guys, picture with me. Picture. Australian. G'day, mate. Can you use my phone? But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Yeah! Gift, where are we? We're in Mount Fuji, baby! Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, seconds! is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries! And allows us to overcome incredible, incredible obstacles. It's just got so thick. It's just so thick here now, pouring down rain again. But coming to this Thai-Cambodia border has renewed all the aggression. So the whole thing's gone buggered. I got hit. What? I got Thailanded by a motorbike. Feel that knee, that ankle just going in all the wrong directions under the weight of my body. But that doesn't compare to the pain of, of failure. I'm dying. Oh, I'm dying. And that's what I've been worried about this whole time. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers... Come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Making a comeback. Four weeks, 2,300 miles, five countries. After all the trials and tribulations, this ride had become deeply personal. All that mattered now was getting to that Rugby World Cup game in Tokyo. Yeah, buddy. All right. Be easy. Go check out redearthfilms.vhx.tv to get your copy of Singapore to Tokyo any way we can. That's redearthfilms.vhx.tv. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I feel quite lucky in the fact that what I do is so separate and individual. And in a lot of ways, I'm not that closely linked to the actual people that are doing 
a lot of the other sort of rugby coverage. Um, right. And I still feel like I'm this sort of, and I think that's part of why people connect with it because it feels more like a fan doing it. It feels right. more like someone, you know, it's it's someone in the, you know, like you always have if you watch, I don't know, it'd be the same as watching it in a bar, in a pub or something. And there'll always be someone who thinks they know what they're talking about in the corner. Right. You know, and it's kind of, I, I don't know if it's, it's, people are used to that guy being there. So every now and again, when they go, and I'm not saying I do know what's going on necessarily, but every now and again, like, law of average just says I must be right occasionally. Um, <laughs> I'm getting off here, sorry, just train of thought. Um, but yeah, I think there's, um, I, I also, because I said I have done plenty of stuff for a lot of big broadcasters in this country and in others as well. Um, right. Which has been an interesting thing, as you say, because you fall into that, the, you're now the thing you have critiqued in past, and you are now exactly. the thing that, yeah, that's so easy to pick up on and to talk about and to, you know, in the way I've, like quite recently, a couple of weeks ago, I I posted a Twitter thread about, um, about the, you know, the way BD Sport in the, who broadcast the Premiership in the European Cup in the UK, um, about how they handled the, the Paddy Jackson situation, not to get into that, but like they clearly have a policy of not talking about what happened with, you know, um, but you know, not to skim over it, like he was found not guilty of rape a handful of years ago, but there's like all kinds of really damning stuff about him, and there's a lot of things that definitely did happen that we know, but they clearly have a right. policy of not talking about that. And I think that's kind of irresponsible thing because if you are in the media and you're in that, because you the audience watching that is a very different watching rugby every week is a very different audience to the one watching perhaps you know, like watching a, a feminist documentary or watching yeah. even something like Promising Your Woman, which is a, a thriller designed to reach a wider audience, but still you talk about the same issue. Um, right. You've got a, like almost a responsibility, I think, when you've got an audience, it's something I've learned, you know, with, with growing one, uh, that you can try and talk about different issues. And so I've, you know, I, I, not to say I'm necessarily there on that, but it's something I, you know, I very much feel... You have I a responsibility. Aim for. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so I know it's easy to ignore that and to not look at that. It's something I've, I, with every kind of growing follower, with everyone else that subscribes, I think more and more about that and more about, I feel like, you know, I'm not necessarily doing enough and I'm trying to do right. as much as I can. And that's something that's very much in my head. And every time I do something on, on you know, I've done bits for Scrum 5, which is kind of the big rugby show in Wales. Um, right. And when I've done bits for them, when I've done bits for, I did one bit for BT last year. Um, I've always had it in my mind of like, what am I saying with this? What am I doing with this? Because what am I doing that someone else would necessarily, or what would I? Um... Yeah, sorry, I've realized this has got heavier than I think you probably have to No, 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 I love it. Um... No, no, I love it because it, it, it conceptualizes the idea of, of, of being able to put purpose to action. So what ends yeah, up yeah. being something that seems very novelty like it is with rugby you end up finding out yeah. that there's this other level of impact that you can take and now you're just like yeah. okay well i don't want to waste my my, exactly. my my opportunity here like i want to make sure that this is going to something good and not just being novel because it, it, there is and i'll even say for myself like i know in doing this and i'm still i'm a very small channel i'm slow starting to yeah try and develop myself over over time but you know you you start to realize that you are actually being listened to which i think is is a yeah, bigger yeah. concept than we we realize 
And when people actually listen and actually take into what's being said, you want to make sure that you're dropping something that is meaningful, which is one of the reasons why I found it very interesting with rugby because there's such a, ironically for it being a sport, there's such a level of culture that goes wrong in in integration of culture that goes into it on so many layers that it feels involved. And I don't know if it's different. I do know, and it feels different than the other sports, maybe because it still feels like it's still infantile, even though it's been around for so long, but the, the range, the media range, the cultural range, like is now starting to kind of ripple almost like it was waiting for this time of social media to be able to, Hit, but yeah, you want it to yeah. be bigger than self. If you just do it novelty, yeah. you're just doing it for self, and you kind of feel like an asshole. And then if you yeah. say it more, you just want to be like, I want to give more, but I also don't want to sound like an asshole or unknowing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there comes that point in which you can, you know, as I have now, I've, I've made a lot of videos about rugby, and there comes a point when you go, I just keep what? making puns on the word rock, you know? Like, yeah. what am I doing? What, what difference is it? Why? What am I saying? What what's happening from this? Um, you know, and so it, there ha- it's. I don't make it sound just. Hold up! You're breaking up a little bit. Like, I, I was. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, and that wouldn't sound like it's just me. But like, I don't. If I'm doing something or in some way, you know, impact, they just speak to other people beyond just people enjoy hearing say hold on hold on you broke up all the way and this is such an important okay. point i can't i want to be able to hear it is yeah. no it's not your fault it's just so situation yeah, I'm all right. okay yeah i can hear you all right now okay okay um yeah, so I so just go back to roughly where I was and try and remember what I was Yeah, saying. Basically, you can only make videos so much. Like, there's only so much you can make yeah, of the yeah. word, the ruck, the pun out the word ruck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And as much as anything, like, you start to wonder, why am I doing this? What am I doing? And I don't want to make it sound about me, because it's obviously not. But, like, it... Is the world a better place? Beyond, you know, people obviously going, well, I want to see that video about why Scotland played well at the weekend. Is anything better for me doing this? And it's something I think about a lot. Like, I don't think I'm doing enough. And I try to do more on women's rugby to try and raise a profile there and try and make that sort of normalised almost, you know? And I think that, again, I don't want to give myself too much credit for that. But, like, I've seen people say they started watching because of my videos and that and so on. That's great. And the video made on, I don't know, the video made on Roy Frank. Yeah, the video made on Roy Francis last year, uh, who was a guy who um, was, was like this huge revolutionary and like, if you look back on it, one of the most important people in history of the sport, but he was completely airbrushed out of history because he was black and just like he was never talked about. And I did a video about him and about him you know, and led into a various of the sort of conversations like Ruga Monu, Mara Toje, Ben Obano, et cetera, had in the view. Right, I remember um, that. And it's, it's, yeah, things like that of just... Again, I'm, phrasing it like that makes it sound like I'm doing it myself, and I'm not. But there is this level of just like latent guilt of what am I doing if I'm spending so much of my time and effort on this and nothing's coming of it. And it doesn't always have to be 
that grand. It doesn't have to be a video about this topic. It can just be, you know, occasionally a throwaway line or something that yep. might, you know, help validate or invalidate something. Maybe just like, you know, the Israel Falau situation, just like mentioning right. that repeatedly hopefully helps some, and I've, you know, had messages from people saying, you know, like I started to think after Israel Falau that, that all of rugby felt the same way as him because people weren't talking about it and, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing, you know, so, sorry, I, I didn't, didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 there wasn't a cutoff. Uh, but, and that's, that's exactly, I was just going to say, I completely get what you're trying to, I get what you're saying exactly. You know, it, it's an interesting dynamic. Again, it goes back to how much I'm realizing the impact of my voice actually goes. And even, even for me, I remember specifically, like, so it sounds bad, but I'm going to say it anyways, because, you know, F it, I can. So, like, like, when I was commentating, like, I tried commenting, I've tried literally, I've done everything. Uh, in terms of media and within yeah. this program. Hey, look, man, we 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 out here trying to trying to figure out where the where the scoop is. All right, let's let's try and get it in here. But um, you know, I remember when I was commentating games, and whether people like it or not, I mean, look, I I don't really care about that as long as we're getting the information out. But after a while, I was like, all right, man, I am basically saying the same thing over and over again. It's yeah, nice yeah. to be able to commentate, but I'm just like, all right, look. I know we're going to get to the ruck. We're going to set up another phase. All right, then we're going to get this ball out. We're going to look for the tackle. They're going to either open it up, and we're going to go inside. We're going to close it up. We're going to go to the outside. And then we're going to see either an athletic play or somebody's going to tackle. Like, I can basically run by the same 10, 15 sentences over and over. Not to say that it diminishes rugby, but, again, it's a game with rules. At some point, once you understand the scope of it, it's going to be a limit. So it was just like... All right, I, I don't find this component of it to be all that interesting. So then when it came to, like, rugby culture, and it's one of the reasons I started the podcast, it was like, all right, I have a greater interest in knowing the people who are doing rugby because or have utilized rugby because you get to see this wider dynamic. And a perfect example was we went to – my friend and I, uh, we went to Asia. We did this documentary. And going, wow. to, we went to a bunch of nonprofits across Southeast Asia because we're bike riding through ish. And I go to a nonprofit, and you see people utilizing rugby, and rugby legitimately impacting the culture because it completely changed the yeah, mindset yeah. Wow. of how those kids were. Right. And you're just yeah. like, yo, okay, this is purposeful. Like the game might be yeah. limited to these rules, but the resonating effect now has greater impact than just what are yeah, we doing yeah. here on the pitch yeah i mean that is that is so set up for a movie of kevin costner that is <laughs> that is perfect <laughs> no but no that, 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 that's amazing that's that at the end of the day that's not what sports should be you know should it not be to try and as much as it's it's fun and it's you know it's an entertaining thing to watch or whatever should it not be about trying to better yourself, become the best version of yourself, and try and offer a you know a means of of escape, be it from whatever you were doing two hours ago, or be it from whatever situation you're in, life-wise? Um, is that not is that not the whole point and the worth of it? You know that you can change and change people and change environments and situations through it. No, and that's that's it exactly. Like, and and that's what makes it so special. So whenever you we take it from that aspect, so for me. You know, it came where it was like, oh, dude, I'm listening to this kid who has never been out of his neighborhood, started playing rugby, traveled overseas, whole world yeah. blown. You know, we coach, 
guy, never played rugby, had a tough upbringing, went, started coaching. Yo, world changed because purpose and seeing kids. It, and it, you see the story over and over and over again. You know, Kevin Costner coming through, probably going to low-key get in a Brad Pitt, you know, just to – you got to get a little saving yeah, grace. Yeah. Idris Elba come over the top, and then, you know, Denzel yeah. walking through, and then, you know, it's just, it was just getting everybody. We're just bringing everybody into it. Right? <laughs> yeah, like a, like a coaching Avengers. Like every, get, get every great sports coach from movie together. Let's get. That's why I want, I want Coach Carter and Ted Lasso together. In, yes. For, just for like ten minutes, just to see how they vibe together. Oh. Dude, I think you set up like my next fan fiction right there. Like, I I, I need to see yeah. yo. <laughs> I need to see. The, the 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 voice of Samuel Jackson coming from Jason Sudeikis's Ted Lasso. Oh man, now that's a conversation <laughs> right there. <laughs> right there needs to happen. Yo, that, I say right. We just take this clip as recorded, and you just just without any Pitch. words, just email it directly to like Spielberg at Hollywood.com, and just see what happens. I'm sure. I am confident there is no way you can say no to this idea. No, I'm already seeing highest box office and streaming all time. Done. Absolutely. That's it. Let's get everyone on board. World record broken. It somehow manages to become the highest grossing film of all time. And Netflix has despite being on Netflix same day. Everyone has seen it on netflix and gone that was so good i'm gonna go and pay to see it in a cinema <laughs> i think we got a winner here robbie i think we got a winner here. <laughs> <laughs> just sign the contract and sign the checks done done all right <laughs> yo i love it i love it yo actually you know what and that even takes me to that next part Dude, I saw this summer you were trying to do uh, movie reviews, all right? I, I found one of the most interesting things about this sport is the absolute utter lack of movie. Now, don't get me wrong. There yeah, has yeah. been movies being made, but – and I've gotten a ch- I've, I've made it an active purpose to try and watch as many movies. I think I even made a top eight list and then started going. Documentaries galore, but like a feature film, almost, yeah, yeah. almost non-existent. Almost non-existent. Yeah. For you, that, in the, I'm, I'm sure you've watched. Have you watched? Let me not say I'm sure you have. I, I know you're the historian, but I'm, I'm not assume for you. All right, all right. I respect your choices. No, but uh, for you, uh, have you seen a lot of rugby movies? Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen both of them. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> All 1.25 of them. I think we got a scene in one movie, and then uh, I think that was just about it. <laughs> we got Invictus, and like, then it was like a quarter scene. <laughs> but there's, there's the scene in The Departed. Uh, there's a scene in one of the Monty Python movies. There's a scene. Yeah, the scene there's a scene in The World's Ends, the Simon Pegg Cross movie. Um, and that's about it. Then you got done. It's, it's yep. <laughs> Yep. I think so, we made about one third of a movie out of just that. <laughs> yeah, right there. That's it. There's, there's a really lovely Irish film called uh, Handsome Devil, uh, yep. which is about like, uh, that's that's about it. That's about the one good one. There's Invictus, yep. which is obviously Invictus. That's right. great. Well done. You know, three cheers for um, Matt Damon. 
and then after that you kind of go and said there's, there's like two interesting indie movies there's there's um Hunter Devil, which i like which i think it's you know lovely Irish film and then there's a french movie called mercenary um, oh yeah mercenary about, hey, look, that yeah. was a really good movie mercenary was yeah, yeah, that's really it. awesome i didn't realize Actually, it was after that movie where I was like, I didn't realize Polys were being played like that. Like, I never knew. I just knew, yeah, you know, yeah. Polynesians play rugby, but I didn't know, you know, you know, they were they were being pushed around like that. Like, that was wild movie. And I watched it all in yeah, subtitles. Yeah. I was like, that's how good this is. I'm actually willing to listen to French. I know that was racist, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that a saying, and it's a very British expression. But it's not racist if it's against the French. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's the rule. Um, rules. That is agreement. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was that was a dope movie. Yeah, yeah. But that's about it. That's you know, and that's like the one movie that's actually about professional rugby that feels you know, it's like the the, the kind of it feels right ish, you know? Yeah. And it's actually right. as it is about the state of professional rugby and it is about the fact to say that these the Polynesian lads are just being played and used in the front centre um, because they know they can try and ship another one off the boat from Tonga and just hope that you know he's big as well. Um, and there's all kinds you can read. There was an article by Johnny Beattie on the 15 quite recently, who's you know former Scotland player, um, who wrote a big like tell-all piece on yeah. what it's actually like at French clubs and how how badly players from all over are being treated. Um, yeah. Because there's there's money in rugby, but not as much as some people think. Um, oh no! So, no. Oh, oh, I remember specifically looking up the money when it comes to hmm. rugby, and then I looked at the money when I was like, "Oh wait, pro uh, uh, pro twelve has the most," and I was like, "You guys are making still a fraction of what." Yeah, yeah. The last level, the the, the newest player on an NFL team is making. Yeah. Now I'm like, well, my God. Like, <laughs> Christian Christian Wade was amongst the best paid paid players at Wasps, uh, and he is getting paid like three times that to not play to be in the, like, the training squad. Yeah. Uh, the, the the Bills, like that's that's ridiculous. The sheer disparity. Disparity. Like, there's it's. It, when we talk about, oh, Dan Carter's just signed to be the highest paper in the world, and you go like, oh, that's, that wouldn't, that's like a reserve in Premier League football money, you know, like that's right. the highest paper of all time, he'd barely factor on, in most other sports. Right. No, it, it, I remember whenever Dan Carter got his deal, and it was like three million over four years, or three million over two yeah. years, and I was just like... Guys, like what what's going on here? Like you you have literally the sixth largest sport in the world. You have the you have the number two contact sport, team contact sport in the world. You are literally cornering the market in talent. And these guys are just barely getting over three hundred, which I mean to regular people, I know it's a lot, so I mean yeah, it's yeah. not like we're saying, but in terms of sports dynamic at playing at the highest level. You would assume, especially if you're a money developer, that after 20-something years, like, it, you should be able to be pressing a little bit. It's not like you don't have a blueprint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then that, that ties back to your question about rugby shooting itself in the court. There's all kinds of stories right. of, like, you know, rugby league having professionals for 60 years and similar things with 
yeah, football's almost always been professional. Soccer, sorry, in um, in the UK, associated football. We've agreed. Association football. We're just gonna call it AF. It's all right. AF. AF. So yeah, but there's all kinds of stories of like RFU officials when they first sign the the thing to allow it to become professional, of refusing to meet with people from other sports. And going like, right. no, we'll be fine, you know, like, oh, I ran a sausage business in Gloucestershire. I'll be fine running, yeah, as you say, like the sixth biggest professional sport in the world. It's exactly the same thit. you know, it's no, no real different. Just like money goes in one end, comes out the other side, it's fine. You know, there's a, a something I can treat as a lump of meat in the middle, uh, whether that's a sausage or whether it's a, a Polynesian player, you know, it's a, same, same rule. Yeah. No question. I don't. They both have meat, right? So that works the same. <laughs> no, 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 no more questions. No more questions, Your Honor. Let's move on. No, so, but no, it, it is interesting within that dynamic. And it goes back to, you know, again, trying to figure out, you know, what, what it does. So whenever it comes to your voice, and obviously as you continue to develop within this, because obviously I love the fact you're looking bigger than just the moment uh and i expect nothing else look anybody who's going to learn every romanian rugby player for the 2011 <laughs> rugby world cup but i expect you to be larger than just yo know, the videos that you make even though it, it creates the tunnel in and i'm actually going to ask you like three more questions which means it's going to be like six okay. more questions but <laughs> but you know I, I go the one part that i i like to be talk about then come back down to the business side and I think you're starting to enter into this world. You've entered into it and starting to understand it more. So as a media person, you know, you, you're now starting to figure, I know you stepped away from your position at UPS, by the way, kudos to you. Oh, yeah, I used yeah, to work yeah. at FedEx yeah, yeah. and I can never trust a delivery driver ever oh, again. Mate, yeah. <laughs> I like you guys do not care about the packages. You know why I know this? Because I threw the hell out of those packages and I did not care about the same way. Yeah. You are just waiting to get to the next delivery. There is no hand in the sky there. Like, just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do not miss that at all. Were you a driver or were you a package handler? Or... Like, they, yeah, so they had me. Um, is one of the, the six more questions. Um, yeah, I was on. Basically, there was a guy driving and then I'm going to actually deliver the packages. Oh, wow. Oh, you guys yeah, are doing yeah. it the old school double tool. Like, you throw the yeah, packages yeah. out, he just drives. Yo, yeah. these are efficient. They, they don't care about That's the UPS drivers out here. They, they say, you got one. There's only one. We only need one. Just, you go take, find us and take it that, out. So they did it over, like, Christmas and busy periods. They'd have two people there. Uh, right. And then because I was so efficient, they went like, well, actually, it's, you know, it's fine. Keep them on. Uh, and I said, huh, no. <laughs> it's like, you know, guys, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm, we, don't, I, we don't need I'm to just do this like, anymore. I'm, I'm just going to go and sit in a corner. My family are really ashamed of that. They can't see. Um, do you mind if I, I'm going to miss this one? Uh, I might see you for another later. Uh, but probably not. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the one. I, I think uh, I think I pass on this one. I, I, you know, there might be some things working against me on that one. <laughs> oh no! So I love that. So okay. So moving out from uh, at the UPS delivery, UPS associate. I'm just gonna go with that because it seems like it was a very 
great casting, you know. And then now you kind of moved into to you to to now just focus on the media part. You don't have to say numbers yeah. because I don't want you to throw out and, and we all have different sensibilities with that. But what have you discovered as being able to find ways of being able to uh, continue to fund your projects? Yeah, um, I think the, the YouTube ad thing is such a weird, like you can't, you can't set goals by it. You know, you can't, you can't set up for that what you're going to be getting consistently. Uh, and the other thing is I kind of, I made myself a rule when I, you know, ever since I've been sort of, you know, writing, doing stuff since I was about, yeah, I've been, I've been kind of doing, like, yeah, as long as I could, basically, as long as I a pencil, I guess. Um, but I always kind of had this rule of, like, I don't want to do anything that I think, firstly, that someone else could do better, but also just someone else could do, and I wouldn't be bringing anything different or original to. Um, right. so that's always been in my head. So, like, I will sometimes, I will go, okay, I know I could do, you know, a video on this thing, and it might get some views, but I, I would find it dull and frustrating, and I wouldn't, I don't see the point in that. Um, yeah. but the really useful thing's been Patreon, which has been the fact mm. that I think, Partly because I've stuck to that kind of that kind of system and thought process, and because I think, as I said, like people connect with it because it's a it's essentially a fan, you know, it's that's what I'm doing, um, and people see. I don't know if it's something in themselves or something, you know, like they they think they can kind of connect with in them. Uh, I've been really lucky in the how people have have helped it on Patreon, and I couldn't be doing it full time in the way I am without. Um, so that is. Yeah, that is hugely enormously appreciative and some appreciative. And sometimes I do just almost wake up in the morning and just think, I can't believe that so many people do do help me on that, you know? And I kinda take anything else I can bring in from yeah, from YouTube ads, from you know, doing on bits for more traditional media outlets mm. as as bonuses on top of that. Um, but yeah, it's it really it's it almost sounds like a horrible cliche, but I kind of can make this sustainable because it really connects with people, and that's something I'm very appreciative. And I don't take the crap for it. Yo, dude, I love that. I mean, it's so generic. My God, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but, no, no, but that's real. I, I love that because it, 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 it poses it lets you appreciate one the community impact that you're having, yeah, yeah, and the returned community appreciation. And I, I have to imagine that it adds to the motivation to always want to keep creating because you're like, yo, yeah, people yeah. really, like the old Sally Fields thing, do you love me? You really love me. <laughs> like, like, this is like, oh, oh you guys are seeing this watch? Really? I can establish my family are, fr- are very forward in not loving me for the whole singing thing, so I need this. I need, need this, this badly. They were going to Oliver Twist you, all right? They, they were just super... <laughs> they, they had you under the cupboard like Harry Potter because you were like, no singing. We found you on the cobblestone, all right? We read from Charles Dickens, so we got the parenting book. <laughs> no, but no, it's it's really super dope. Like, that's, that's awesome that you are able to to be able to have that. And again, it's so many people. And so even with the, with the Patreon, it's got to feel in some type of way. As you continue to develop, you know, and obviously we kind of mm. talked about being able to be bigger than himself. Is there yeah, yeah. a direction that you have envisioned other than, you know, you, you uh, we talked about a little, little on air stuff that you, you've been doing as well too. 
But is there, like, now that you've seen the world open, because it's easier to say I didn't expect it at the beginning because you don't know what yeah. you don't know until you know it, right? Yeah, yeah. But now that you've seen a lot bigger and you see that you have something that people open up to and, and you can use it as a battering ram, do you, what do you see for yourself moving forward? Or what do you hope for? What do you look yeah. to intend? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I really enjoy and appreciate everything I'm doing at the minute, um, even if, you know, often it's, it's a, a lot of work during the Six Nations or something. Um, but, like, I, I'm looking to and looking forward to hopefully taking on some sort of non-rugby projects and trying to look at other stuff as well. Nice. Um, and start branching out a bit into to, to wider things. Uh, so I've got a few things I've been working on in sort of periods in between videos. The last Let's go. However long. Uh, some things that have been in my head for a long time, some things that are just popping up, some things that I've sort of seen an opportunity on. Um, so I've been trying to trying to work on things, hopefully I have stuff starting to appear around next year. Um, so that's an exciting thing. But as I say, like, I do want to keep, hopefully the rugby stuff keeps getting, you know, bigger and more exciting. And, and I know I get better at the analysis and all of that the more and more I do it. So, you know, just trying to keep grinding until it's as, as good as it can possibly be. Yo, I love it. I love it. You know what your next one is supposed to be, though, right? Olympics. All right, we we gotta we gotta cross paths in the or or the French Rugby World Cup. I gotta depend if I want to go back to the Rugby World Cup. I'm be honest with you. I I wasn't as sold on it. Like, don't get me wrong, the environment was nice, but it's so limited media wise. Like, I, the most fun that I ended up having doing that was ironically just. Well, it wasn't ironic. It's very actually bump characteristic for me but it was talking to the talking to the people outside before they went into yeah. the games that was super yeah, crowd yeah. work was amazing people are dope that's it that's the stuff that's yeah that's that's the stuff that's like i intend to go to every world cup i die just because like when i was at one of the games of 2015 someone brought a ball and like crowds outside like they sort of kicked it in the air and everyone started like chucking it about and joining in and doing little bits and like at one point, a full scrum formed of just strangers like bending over, like yep. them like having to have people hold their pints and so on. <laughs> and it's that kind of thing that I went like, This happens once every four years, and no one else will ever see it. Like it's those magic moments in between. Yes. You know, and like running into someone in 2019, it was like, oh, recognised me, came up to me. You know, it's like I was just in a restaurant, and Joshua took us over one of the Fijian team. He's like, I just saw him in there, like after this, like, the previous day. Um, so I've just seen him in the special while I was having my lunch and he just ordered two steaks to himself. And it's wow. like those kind of things. Those are the things that like that stick with me from the World Cup. You know, those are right. the things like, rather than rather than the you know, the the media stuff, even the rugby itself, like whatever. Yeah. You know, it's the Dude, look the kind of communal I, love of it. Exactly. Look, look, I I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I I went to the games, don't get me wrong, I went to the USA game, so they have a different energy, but I still went mm. to Australia Wales game, yeah. which was Oh, uh, yeah, that was yeah. actually real energy. I, I felt, yeah, and um, it was just like I liked the game, but I found myself being like, I really just came out here to do, and you know, if re whether rugby world uh, world rugby will allow me to do this again or not. But it was just like yeah. I did crowd work to basically just watch the games for free. But I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really just kind of. I kind of prefer to just do that. I don't know if I really need the media passes to, to go yeah. ahead and, and do that next level. Like, I mean, there might be something maybe I maybe need to learn more preliminarily, like beforehand and, and do it. But it was just like when I got there, I was just like, we can't take any camera shots inside. Can't I have to just write. I don't want to write. I, I came here to video stuff.
But Robbie, man, dude, I honestly appreciate it. Uh, just leave, let people know where they can find you, even if they can't find you, but let people know where they can find you. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's at Squid Rugby on, on uh, Twitter, on YouTube as well. Uh, if you want to yell, search Squid Rugby. And then I'm also at Squidgy Go on Twitter if you want to see me complain about Peter Rabbit rather than um, actually rugby. Um, so yeah, and then I suppose, yeah, at Squid Rugby in most places. Dope. Yo, Robbie, man, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate uh, it. having me. No, I really enjoyed that. That was great. Yo, Robbie, man, big thanks to you. I really do appreciate it. Yo, and guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it was a little hard to hear on some of it, but, yo, we had some great dimes, great conversation, and, yo, it's all love. It's all family out here. But please, guys, we had some great episodes still. Definitely check out some of our other podcasts. Like last time we spoke with Karima Prince, who was the captain for Prairie View AM Women's Rugby, aka the very first HBCU women's rugby team of all time. We talked to Akinola Raymond of uh of uh New, Rugby United New York but also social media star TikTok and Instagram talk to Kirill Guthrie the president and founder of the James uh, James G. Robertson and Pat Sullivan Foundation helping to create HBCU Rugby uh, we talked with Marquise Goodwin definitely listen to that one we've had Robert Perry for head coach of Curacao we've had just Nelson head coach of York Rugby out in Canada Keyshan Downs uh, the uh, vice president of Jamaica Rugby Union had my guy Ryan Ginty, the guy who's been doing the broadcast for MLR, runs one of their top shows on the rugby network and was just doing the broadcast over for the uh, college rugby championships. Uh, we had Sarah Alice Saul, uh, former manager and uh, for the national team. We had Katie Sadlier, the general manager for women's rugby for world rugby. I mean, got Erica Mori, we got Gabby Pellegrini. Uh, we, oh man, we've had so many people. I'm just looking through the list and it's just so impressed. So impressed. Except for, I feel like I'm missing one. No, there we go. Yeah. So, so, guys, definitely go and check this out. I want to thank you guys all for taking the time to listen to this thing. Please, I hope you know, I hope that you're happy, I hope that you're healthy, and I hope you know you're highly favored. Till next time. Cheers.